Let's all make sure that we sniff into our microphones as much as we can. I'm trying. <laughs> Season three, episodes four, five, and six. Roll the theme music. Oh, we're so thirsty, but we cannot drink after all the one of fourth and rested in peace. We can't find something that makes us come up. We'll break down the walls and eat all your monte. If you come attack us, you become delicious necros, and we won't feel bad for you at all. And if you're in the server clubs, you become a server clubs. It's when we see green, we have a ball. God rules, air drills, we got something very cool. Connie's bald, Kenny's lands, Bruno has a weirdest name. have a cold open what the fuck yeah we did we all sniffed into our microphones <laughs> oh okay that works uh hello everybody and welcome to tea time with titans and attack on titan rewatch podcast where we also drink tea my name is sullivan harris and today i am drinking legends of china oolong tea chris when you're Shaz editing titan. this episode can you ear rape all of the um sniffing noises Every single Can one you that happens. Chris, don't do that. Because yeah. you know they're all going to be for me, Chris. Don't do that. Well, he, bur- he turns up Brian's burp. So. <laughs> In the other podcast, I have to... Uh, like, 80% of my job editing Ravnik Avengers was just taking out Casey's sniffs. <gasps> Dude, I don't know what it is. Literally, every time I get on mic is when my nose just is so congested. It's a problem. <laughs> I literally took I, da- I took Dayquil just to try and curb it, and I still hasn't gone away. So I have not read the manga. I this is my <laughs> third time watching through the show, uh, and that is all I have to say. Someone else go. I'm Ben. I'm the beard, tits, and ass titan. I'm the manga, the dub, the sub consumer. I got it all up my asshole. <laughs> um, and I'm drinking Earl Grey tea. That that was a kind of a uh, spoiler for what's to come in these episodes. You're going to consume the podcast uh, from the bottom side up for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, stop it. God damn it. <laughs> Don't fucking bring that up. Oh, 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 no, Brian. That's like half the reason I'm here. So we're definitely bringing it up. Why? <laughs> I, Brian, I introduce am, yourself. I'm Brian. I'm the Sonic the Hedgehog Titan. Uh, I'm the first time watcher Titan. And uh, I've never watched an anime before. And I don't have tea. However, I do have a cookie, so I hope that counts for something. It's closer than you've been ever. <laughs> I mean, that's something you you could dip into tea if you really wanted to. Be all fancy. That sounds gross. I so mean, to dip cookies into tea. I no, mean, you have you have tea and biscuits. But you yeah, there's tea dip and biscuits. Dip them, I don't think. I don't know. Um, and today <laughs> we have a guest. <laughs> uh, you know him from the first season of this podcast. Were you on an episode of the second season of this podcast? No, I, I can't even remember. No, I you wasn't. were not. I, I wanted to. I wanted to be on the Reiner Berthold reveal, but Chris. Chris had it. Chris swooped in. Yeah. Well, I mean, he mm. had it before me. I just forgot. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Casey. Okay. Hi, I'm Casey Clark. I'm the simp slash Coomer Titan, uh, and I uh, am a, a second time Mongo or. Manga. Second time anime watcher. No, no manga for me. I, I ain't, I ain't that hard of a weeb. Ben is like doing some witchcraft on his tea. <laughs> his I'm, playing, I'm playing with the steam. Uh, uh, and for my, uh, I'm, I'm bringing it back with the, the proto tea, aka water. Except this time, I'm drinking proto-tea. it out of an Arizona Arnold Palmer bottle. So partially tea. There's like remnants of it in my water. Did you water down your tea? Why don't you use like a glass? Because I already had this in my room. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, to 
I had today. it with water from last night, so I was just like, I'll just drink. Calm drink down. <laughs> today, uh, we watched, so in the overall numbering. Today, we're going to talk about um, Bowl Cut Guy and only Bowl Cut Guy. And why he is the best character on the show because actually, of his bulk. I actually have a I have a note about him early on. So I have two. The, these episodes are topical. These episodes are very topical. But I'm also glad, Brian, that you like Bull Cut Guy. And his name is Marlo, and he is also one of my favorites. I just know him as Bull Cut Guy because his haircut is the best that I've I ever mean, seen. <laughs> I mean, John does comment about it, so. Uh, yeah, so let's just jump into it then. Uh, episode 41, it's called Trust, and it starts with our old friends Marlo and Hitch, who we haven't seen in a very long time. I mean, um, is it really that long? It's They were in the, the first episode of this the finale section, right? Of season one. It's Don't, been a whole season. Yeah. Oh shit, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Fuck. I totally forgot it's that far. Never mind. It has season. been a while. Jeez. Welcome everyone to the Tea Time with Titans Sniff episode. Let's just solo Casey's track for a second and hear what's going on over there. <clears throat> Ooh, yeah, hate to hear it, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, back to the episode. Yeah, and this is just like one of the things that I love that the show does so much. And like, we'll come back to this with like Premier Zachary later, but it's like setting up these characters like so long ago and not forgetting about them. Like it happens with Demo Reeves at the beginning of this season. Like he comes back from the first season and now we have these two characters coming back from the first season. I just find it funny that Zachary was introduced the other episode I was on when Aaron was in court. So th- this yep. section of episodes feels like a continuation of what was sort of being set up when I was first on the, the podcast. Casey's guest spots are just going to be called the Zachary saga when we look back at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so in the last episode, we left off with two shadowy figures like coming through the forest towards our Levi squad. And it turns out, it's Marlo and Hitch. I like how Hitch is kind of like flirting with Marlo and Marlo's basically like, like he very flatly is just like, look, Hitch, I'm going to cock block you now. <laughs> I know. She's like, you just want a low time. And he's like, you weren't my first choice either. Hitch. Yeah. Literally, my first note of the f- the of episode four is just they want a bone. <laughs> no, one of them wants to bone. The other one very specifically is not picking up the cues. <laughs> I actually, I started this trying with the dub and I actually switched midway through trust back to the sub. And my first note of the episode is that Marlo sounds fucking wooden in the dub. (laughs) But maybe that's just me. Yeah, he's he's very like, look, Hitch, you weren't my first choice either. Yeah, I did. I did not like the dub when I started it. Yeah, well, I just, I think it's just because I'm so used to the sub that, like, it just sounded wrong to me. Yeah, if you switch, like, halfway through the season, it's very strange. Yeah, so I I was like, I can't do it. I gotta go back to the sub, but I tried. I'm so far through on the dub that I literally am, like, too far gone to switch back. (laughs) Also, it's so weird to hear Levi with a voice that's so deep compared to the other voice. Really? What, like, uh, the... The dub, the dub versus the sub voice actor. Like, it's a lot deeper in the, the dub, yeah. and it sounds very Math- odd. Matthew Mercer is really going for that, like, uh. yeah. Hanji and Levi kind of have a switch where Hanji's much deeper in the sub, and she has a much more, like, higher, peppy, girly voice in the dub. Interesting. Yeah, because in, I don't know, in the, I read somewhere that in the manga, Hanji is, like, intentionally supposed to be androgynous, too. So it started out as just, like, um, Isayama used, like, 
non-gendered pronouns. English doesn't really have any equivalents when he described Hanji. And Hanji is also just kind of drawn ambiguous. And so then he liked it so much, he just kind of continued it. That's cool. I dig that. So canonically in the manga, you don't know Hanji's gender. Uh, To get into the actual episode, I like this conversation between Marlo and Hitch. um, Because they're kind of like doing what we're doing you know they're kind of just like discussing what is going on can we have them on the podcast next yeah marlo and hitch are our next guests yeah yeah it's kind of like a little window into how the mp have been viewing things and like specifically now that we know that there's like the internal police or whatever like there's a level above them even like getting to see what the like groundlings of this organization that we kind of have been taught to disrespect like kind of getting to see into their mind is interesting marlo is immediately questioning like why would they just kill someone and run out into the woods like that doesn't make much sense and then hitch is like nothing they do makes sense like they look at how many people they killed in stoic district um and she has a sad line where they think that annie was just killed in the nonsense like that she was just an innocent victim of what happened in stoic district like the the basis of their conversation is they're just like discussing the morality of the survey corps which we have done a lot on this show so it was nice to see in the actual show attack on titan is really good at that like not necessarily having characters in the show that like represent us as the viewer but just like not thinking that it's above the viewer you know i get what you mean yeah 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 i mean and i think i don't know if it was in this one or the next one in this section but like levi says there are certain survey corps members that are more important but we know that when we join kind of thing so yeah he's like the only people that join are the people who are stupid enough to agree to <laughs> yeah that. yeah yeah. I just love this whole sequence of events next because the Survey Corps are basically just like cowboys right now. Like the Levi squad is just a band of cowboys on the run. Like um, Kenny. Yeah, like they're turning into Kenny, weirdly <laughs> enough. Like they have this whole sequence where they capture Marlo and Hitch by like baiting them with Armin. And I think this stuff happens later in the episode, but we might as well just get into it now. Like, we have the whole scene where Levi is just being... He knows how he's going to be interpreted, but he's still just like, we got to get rid of him. Yeah. (laughs) And he just means, like, we got to send him off into the woods or whatever. But Hitch, like, absolutely panics and just starts, like, monologuing. Doesn't Levi literally say, like, we have to dispose of them? Yeah. Yeah. Like a fucking psychopath. So Hitch is like, yo, you all, like, killed people nonstop. Like, have you heard of Annie Leonhart? Like, she's dead because of you guys. And Levi has a really interesting line where he's just like, fuck, dude, this world sucks. Like, you don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. The only people that know what's going on are the bastards at the top. More, and more importantly, he says, like, oh, Le- Annie, she's the female Titan, you dumb oh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Marlo and Hitch are like, huh? But yeah, then that cuts into they're, like, heading out, and Levi's like, all right, Sasha, go tie him up in the woods so we can get a head start. Jean is like, actually, can I do it? <laughs> Levi's like, sure. And he takes him out to the middle of the woods. And I just... <laughs> I like Jean's acting in this scene where his face just goes all like quote unquote crazy and he's just like, you won't say anything because I'm not going to kill you. He's just channeling Aaron. That's all he did. <laughs> oh shit, you're right. Aaron does like the showing his teeth thing a lot and that's what Jean's doing. There, there's even a bit where <clears throat> during the interrogation he says that Marlo reminds him of Aaron. Yeah. 
and then they compare him to like what Annie had talked about. And I'm like, I my note was Aaron is an idiot to both Annie and John. Yeah, because he's like, <laughs> you remind me of a certain after. So John goes through this whole test where he drops the knife and Marlo picks it up. And John like starts questioning him. Like, how do I know I can trust you? How can I know if you if I really can trust you? Drop the knife. And that's when Marlo drops the knife. Mm-hmm. Um and then you know at this point marlo realizes he was just testing him but it's then comes in with the fucking log (laughs) smacking john and it's funny because she even says the same thing aaron says where she's like you horse faced freak or something along yeah she just sounds like horse face john and i love the shot or the couple shots of john just laying there with his eyes closed like he just looks dead I don't know. This is just a fun look into like Jean kind of finally taking some initiative on his own because we've seen him be a leader in the past, but it's kind of just when it's forced upon him. And this is one of the first moments where we really see him like seeing something in Marlowe, which we later find out, like Casey said, is like he sees Aaron in Marlowe. And he's like, I am going to take the initiative to go prove that these two people can help us. Um, and it ends up being extremely helpful because they're able to tell them like where the least heavily guarded outpost is. And that's where they head next. John's motivated to do this because Marlowe is like, we've known in season one, he was the one that was questioning the military police and questioning like the way they do things. And he's like, I want to fix it. So when he hears the truth from Levi about what the survey corps is doing, he's like, please let me help. Levi at this point doesn't know who the fuck Marlo is. And is like, bitch, I I can't trust you. I don't know who the fuck you are. Get get Mm -hmm. rid of these. And then Jean is see because he sees those qualities of Aaron. That's what motivates this whole uh, sequence that he's like, I'm going to prove to Levi we can trust them. Like you said, this is just such a fucking glowing example of like the setup and payoff of this show. Like we had an entire episode with Marlo and Hitch before and we kind of at this point have just forgotten about it. But all those things that we know about Marlo and learned about him from that first episode are now coming back and it's just done very well. Um, Jean goes to horny jail. (laughs) Wow. The shot of him getting hit with the stick is really intense in the manga. It was intense in the show. It was kind of cartoony in the show. In the manga, it just looks like an actual human getting his face bashed in. It had like that over the top quality to it, which I really liked. Yeah. But so that whole section of this episode kind of wraps up with them attacking this outpost, which mostly happens off screen. But I love the shot of everyone's war faces as they like ride the cart into the outpost connie and uh, sasha just like uh yeah and then it like hard cuts to the outpost just being destroyed yeah it's kind of funny because instead of it being like one of these road checkpoints in the manga it's like this interior police compound which is much less realistic oh, for them to take over but like much more badass as they just fucking like take down all these military police people fuck that's kind of epic <laughs> That's a big change, yeah. But it also makes sense because, like, I feel like the show kind of shows their limits more because it's kind of... Right, I think this is definitely helping with the gradient that we're seeing in this the first half of the season which is our main characters learning to fight other humans and, like, eventually... Oh, yeah. Like, killing them. Um, Like, this is a, a much smoother step up than them taking down an entire fort full of... MPs. (laughs) MPs. <laughs> yeah, who is it? Who is it that talks about the the new ODM gear? And he's like, "That's Nile." Later on, yeah, we're we're it's yeah. getting okay. that soon. Uh, Levi kidnaps Danny Trejo from the outpost. Danny Trejo. To a tree. <laughs> uh, he does kind of look like Danny Trejo. Danny he does a lot of foot Trejo. stuff to him. <laughs> So, yeah, sticks his boot in his mouth. Yeah, everyone That's be glad sure. that Joanna isn't on this episode. <laughs> 
Oh my god, the uh, part where he literally shoves his like the toe of his boot yeah, into the brutal. dude's mouth. Oh my oh my god. They're trying to find out where Aaron and Historia are, right? But they can't really get any information from him. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like kind of being cocky, like, you'll all die. You're all gonna die, starting with your leader, Erwin Smith. Mm-hmm. And then this episode, like the ending of this episode, is the people coming out from the field. They're like, uh oh. Another two people are coming to get us, right? Yeah, that's that storyline. The other storyline that happens in this episode, which I absolutely love, is the Flagel storyline with Hanji and Moblet. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I put down Flagel Redemption. Reeves is back, baby. Yeah, this is just such like a tight little short story. <laughs> what the fuck? Hi, Chris. <laughs> hey, you're not allowed in <laughs> Get here. out of here, Chris. Hey, are you guys talking about Titans? <laughs> <laughs> yes aren't you at are work <laughs> get out of here Chris, okay bye oh. what the fuck just happened <laughs> I saw activity Chris took Casey makes a really distasteful joke about pedophilia here what a guy let's, uh, let's bleep that out <laughs> I mean it's what he's doing good thing Casey doesn't okay. work there so oh. <laughs> that was something. The Flagel story. It's just this very good, like, it's like a vignette almost of just this one dude going through this, like, character transformation. It happens over the course of, like, half of an episode, and I think it's really interesting. Like, we see him running away from the MP who were sent to kill him because he's, like, the only person who knows that the... That Demo Reeves was killed by the MP. Mm-hmm. Right, that and, and that the Irwin. MP hired Demo Reeves to kidnap the scouts, and, like, he kind of knew the whole plan, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so Hanji just swoops down in this very, like, Spider-Man-ass way and, like, grabs Flagel <laughs> from an alley and, like, pulls him up before the MP can even see what happened. And they're just on the rooftop, and they have this, like, incredible exchange where Flagel's basically like, my life is over. I am on the run now for the rest of my life because, and, like, this is the interesting thing that's very topical right now. He says, um, if the MP said it, then it's the truth, right? Like, if the MP said that the Survey Corps killed my dad that's what happened hanji comes back with like well listen you can either run for the rest of your life and maybe die or you can like stand up and fight and maybe die yeah and then she's like isn't it better to like try and help your company and help you and he goes not everyone's suicidal like you maniacs yeah and then the best fucking line in this episode where oh yeah he's like why don't you people know when you're beat? And Hanji turns around and says, simple. Defeat is the only thing the scout regiment has ever known. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was a really, that was a really cool line. I like that. But it's also cool because it's like true. Like the only thing they've fought for the past however many years is Titans. They're always talking about how they've always lost and they just had their first victory recently. And that doesn't still a sort of like je ne sais quoi on a person for what they will take as far as like defeat versus victory yeah so next time we come in we just see flagel getting chased again right like basically the exact same scene yeah um and he's cornered in this like kind of it's like a cul-de-sac apartment sort of thing like a mix between the two yeah it's like a uh the outdoor balcony part of a an apartment that looks seemingly looks abandoned right it looks abandoned and flagel's I got to give props to him. He is genuinely putting his life on the line with this plan. Yeah. Like the MP could at any second just shoot him. Like they could have cornered him and just shot him. And that would have been that. Like he's really showing some character growth, right? His acting, his acting 
on point. He basically, and this is just so smart. Like he has to be so smart because he is the only person that knows all the details like we know. And so he knows the exact things to say to get the MP to admit the things that he needs them to admit. And just like all of this dialogue is so like smart, the way that all plays out and the way that the MP, these like kind of goofy MP members just slowly reveal all, like every single detail of the- He basically yeah, just like gets that, them to villain monologue. I was about to say the classic villain monologue. Like why? are you doing this yeah and so basically they say all this shit and then flagel like has this epic moment where he's like i win (laughs) and this is (laughs) the reveal of like mobla and hanji being there and like all the people being there it's all done so well like it starts with this insane sweeping camera shot that goes like between all the mp and then like up to the top of the buildings where you see hanji and mobla come down and the camera comes down with them and then flies back for such a small fight scene the camera work in that fight scene is actually like it's so good yeah it's like maybe like a 15 second fight scene if that but the camera work makes it so awesome like the moment where hanji is like running at the guy with the gun and like swoops around it oh it's so cool (laughs) and and then mobile being like suction commander you're being too reckless yeah (laughs) but yeah they take him down and then it's revealed that there have been people in this apartment complex the whole time and now it's just like what are you going to kill every single person in this apartment complex yes don't think so and so now the truth is out and uh flagel sits on the guy's face yeah yeah he does i wrote in my notes butt face (laughs) i wrote flagel sit i laughed my ass off at this part because I, I was just imagining, like, what if he literally just farted? He <laughs> okay, just Brian. like he just decided to fart right then and there on the dude's head. You're right. What if? It's like that scene from The Sandlot. Beep, stew, beep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Flagel's, like, little speech at the end here is epic, too, when he's sitting on the guy's face. And he's basically like, this town is under the Reeves protection now. Which is what I found the most funny about it is that he's giving literally the speech of a lifetime for himself (laughs) while sitting on this dude's head. Yeah, Yeah, I guess we haven't really mentioned the fact that they're in Trost and they really do a great job representing like this is Trost where the Titan battle happened and all this and like all of the destruction you've seen drawing oh, yeah. these shots right oh also a little note i had was uh flagel is basically well hanji is basically just doing like the zuko field trip arc here from avatar the last airbender uh, yeah <laughs> like she just like grabbed a random person off the street and is like i'm gonna help you grow as a person <laughs> Um, it's pretty, pretty accurate. Some little things that we that we missed. Um, I like when Hitch is talking with Levi and she's like, you've killed thousands of innocents. And Levi literally just goes, yeah. <laughs> That's a good bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was something like uh, over 100 people died in Stoas. And I wrote down, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I also... I put this in my notes and I didn't really mention it. I do just genuinely like it gets me real excited when Marlo like does stand up and is like, I'm going to join you guys like whatever I can do. Like I will turn against these people and help you. It's a really good thing. And we also mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but didn't touch on it was Jean's really rude remark about Marlo's haircut. Yeah, I really liked it. It's mean. No, I liked it. No, it's he, go- mean. he goes like, why would anybody get a haircut like that? They can't yeah. be trusted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Chris wanted us to talk about Connie's camouflage. Oh, of course. He's just wearing like a sun hat and has like sticks sticking out the top. It's Fuck, so I didn't, funny. I forgot about that. Fuck, I didn't even like, <laughs> think about that. Seeing it one, another time around. It's oh, absolutely damn. beautiful. <laughs> Um, I guess one thing that didn't quite make it into the uh, anime 
is so at the end of the trust like you know all of like the people of trust come out and they're like everyone in this town knows the truth um <laughs> and everybody clapped we see the <laughs> journalists which um i actually don't think we oh, we not. do come back to the journalist eventually yeah, we, just yeah, not they, at they this end part. up interviewing oh we actually we didn't talk about it it's in this episode where we see them at the bar the journalists are just sitting around talking and the senior one is just like having a conversation with the junior one like oh, this is the way things are blah 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 and in the middle of the conversation they just notice hanji sitting in the room and she's just basically <laughs> like let's make a deal <laughs> and that and that's the point she brings them to trust i like that oh. yeah because there is like this very small subplot with Niall who we met before like the head of the MP basically we we get this interaction where this younger reporter is like seeing that there's a bigger story here and the older reporter is like no we don't dig deep into that like shut up and do what you're supposed to do that's the way the things are in this wall in the walls that's also where Niall points out that he's very nervous about this new ODM gear that Kenny and his crew are using because he's like it's perfect for killing humans not yeah. Titans. and he also says which I think is very important if they made that and kept it a secret from us that probably means we're not off the list of people it could be used on yeah Niall is um Niall's like an important side character in this as i'm like re-watching the show over and over there's like so many important side characters that i like totally just passed over my first time watching and like nile just keeps coming back this season yeah i did not remember nile from my first watch through and this is this is also the episode where he's talking to erwin in the the cell right yeah at the very yes, end that's where the episode ends yeah so i i actually had a note of like erwin asking more of them odd questions because he's <laughs> like how how was your wife and kid sorry that was a strange thing to ask yeah <laughs> yeah, that's basically the next yeah. two episodes summed up. There is this like kind of tender moment between Niall and Erwin where Niall's like, yo, Erwin, they're going to kill you, dude. And Erwin's like, eh, OK, whatever. How's your family? <laughs> they live in Walrose, right? And yeah, the, the episode caps off with like we go into this room with all the nobles and they're really talking about like the secret of the walls. Like we have to keep the secret of the walls. And to do that, we have to get the scouts out of here. Yeah, I think when they're like having their conversation in the room beforehand, um, they're like, Lord Rice will be back. Something like the vessel will take it soon and we'll be all good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they bring Erwin in and they're like, yo, dude, uh, we're probably going to kill you. Do you have any last words? And that's where the episode ends. And this like cool zoom in on Erwin's face. Yeah. Let's just go straight into the next episode. Reply. Because when I watched this the first time, Erwin I'm always dies. like looking at the titles of the episodes before I go into them. And I very vividly remember uh, having to like, I think I was working while I was watching these episodes. And so I'd like watch an episode, go do like a couple of things and then come back and watch another. So I had to go do some things and seeing the name of this episode reply and just the promise of that. That we're just going to get some fucking awesome Erwin talking shit in the next episode <laughs> got me so excited. Yeah, I really, I really like the the big brain time yeah. that happens. I in mentioned this, this episode uh, like somewhere in the first season. I think that there are a couple episodes of the show that are basically just people talking that are just absolutely incredible, and this is one of them. We open with Erwin's reply. <laughs> And he gives this like incredible speech trying to justify why he should live and why the Survey Corps should like keep going, which is that if we are like a soldier on the battlefield, the Survey Corps is their spear. And 
trying to get rid of the Survey Corps is like throwing that spear away. If there's a Titan attack, you can't fight back. If you can't fight back, then the people are going to overrun the walls. They're going to take all your shit. They're going to like kill you and eat your food and all that junk. He also like puts forward the idea that the scouts are the only people that can seal wall Maria. Like no one else can do that and they need Aaron to do that. And if they don't do that, it'll lead to the supply shortage and this and that and that. Uh, I also love that Aaron's first speech here ends with him questioning the nobles. <laughs> like he's being, he's basically asked like, what are your last words? And he's like, starts questioning them as if they're on trial. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of very specifically ends with like, without the survey Corps, we are doomed unless you guys have some sort of plan that you aren't revealing to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, what do you think about that? <laughs> And I, I like after Erwin gives his speech and the nobles start replying, there's just like this very slow zoom in on Erwin's neck. And you're like, what the fuck? Why is this happening? And then it cuts to Niall. And he's just very intensely staring at Erwin's neck. I just thought that was funny. I have a, I have a note here that says Pix, Pixis got jokes because he makes the... Pixis is awesome. He makes the one council dude chuckle as he's like yeah. trying to like chum it up with them, even though he knows what's about to I know. happen. I, lo- I love how this Erwin speech ends with a noble being like, dude, this is not what we're here to talk about. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, you broke Charter 6 of the humanities law or whatever that states one can't put their own interests over like the interests of humanity. And you did that by trying to keep Aaron to yourself. I don't remember how the conversation gets directed to Pixis. But so there's one noble who's like, Pixis, the garrison and the survey course are awfully close. What's your oh, allegiance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pixis basically says, yo, honestly, like, fuck that guy and fuck you for thinking I like that guy. (laughs) He's a crazy mass murderer. (laughs) That line is so good that you mentioned, Casey, where he's just like, yeah, if Aaron were in control, like probably everyone would just die. And wouldn't it be a shame if those Titans got in the walls and didn't have anyone to eat? Those Titans would go hungry. Um, Another interesting detail I think we get during our Irwin speech is this idea that the wall rose is basically already in decline. Like, they're not producing yeah. enough food to feed the residents of Wall Rose already. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was an interesting detail. And, I mean, they're basically just doing a whole lot of setup to make them, like, they're basically reminding the council of all this bad stuff. So then they could be like, yeah, oh, shit. And then, yeah. yes, yes, you know, yes, yes. Well, we'll over. get to that when, like, the reveal of everything that happens happens. Because, like, it's so beautiful how all the pieces come together. And I just, I also love how the entire time that all of this is going down, like, the king guy is like sitting there on his throne (laughs) and he just does not give a shit yeah i like how it's really building up the king like we get a lot of ominous shots of the king and him sitting Mm -hmm. in his chair yeah and he's just he's sitting there and he he's got like his hand his head like on his fist just like laying just kind of like chilling there and he just does not care about anything that is happening yeah and eventually we get to the point where they're like all right now the king will give his verdict and like the guy walks up to the king (laughs) the king doesn't say shit like he just walks up to the king turns around and is like the king says you die (laughs) (laughs) something i really like about the soundtrack of this scene is that there isn't a ton right in the beginning but when the music does start coming in it's very specifically matching Niles's emotions, which is kind of what we were at the end of the last episode told to latch onto and track with. And so when like Aaron 
Aaron. Erwin's death sentence is given. Like the music really picks up as you like see it in his eyes. Like, oh my God, is my friend like about to go get hanged in the square? And also he is the only one that notices Erwin's little smile as he's being lifted up to be taken out. Yeah. Because we get at the end of the last episode, he says to Niall, like, I'm entrusting something to Pixis. It's out of my hands now. He could do it. He could not do it, whatever. And like at this point, Erwin knows that Pixis is going with the plan and he knows what's coming next. And there's just that quick shot of him smiling. And Niall's just like, why are you smiling? Yeah. Yeah. And the walls burst open. This girl runs in and she's like, Walrose has been destroyed. It's the exact same thing that happened however many years ago. We have to move now. It's really funny, though, because on Hulu, this this whole cut as she bursts the doors open is right before an ad break. And it's like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. all you see is this boom. And then all the they really hype up her opening the doors with just like a huge rush of wind. They really make her look epic. And she's just and then it fades a to black. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we're getting a lot of characters um, pretending to like say shit in these episodes. And it's really fun like when actors can pull off looking like they're bad actors. Oh, when yeah. Pixis is immediately like, we have to get people to the walls right now, like start evacuating people, get them out of there. You can tell like there's something to the way he's saying this that you can tell he's acting, but like only if you're looking for it if that makes sense. And I think that's a really impressive thing to pull off. And like the John voice actor was doing the same thing in the last episode. Like, I just love that shit. You see it more on rewatch than you do. Like, yeah, I think it's the like first time around. I didn't see it. He puts a little extra bravado on what he's saying. Like, it seems just like 5% too epic for how Pixis normally <laughs> talks. Like he's like, we have to seal the gates right now. Anyways, and then the nobles are immediately. Did, did you like, actually say what she says when she comes in the room? Oh no! What does she say? She says, "Wall Rose has been breached." Oh yeah, I did say that. Okay, I think I missed that because I'm like yeah. sitting there. I'm like, did he say that ever? No, yeah, I said that. No, he said it. He said it. <laughs> it would have been really funny if I didn't though. <laughs> um, Chris, cut that. Cut out when I say that. <laughs> no, I do what I want. You smelly pumpernickel. Anyways, yeah. So then the noblers are like, no, no, no. We got to seal those gates. Aaron just said that if we let them in, like they'll t- steal all of our food and like steal our land and all this stuff. And it'll, there'll be a whole uprising. And so they're basically like, yo, all MPs go to the gates, close those suckers, lock the key and throw the key away. And this is when we start to realize like the scope of Erwin's plan and that everything he has said since the end of the last episode has been so calculated, like pinpoint fucking accuracy, right? Like Casey was saying, says to the kings these things to make them fear and like remind them that their places could get taken over if there is another incursion. And, and then in the last episode, he says to Niall, huh, Wall Rose, right? Your family lives in there. Might want to keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah, he's he he's really pulling all the strings here he's, yeah, he's really puppeteering so precise and so Niall is basically the one that stands up and he's like no we're not gonna do that we're not gonna seal the gates my family lives in Walrose and this is the most inhumane thing we've ever been ordered to do and that's saying something yeah Aaron's plan is so good because you have all those things that he planted in everyone's head leading up to this but also he does like this diversion away from the nobles thinking that he's plotting something by giving like this genuinely good argument for his life. Like he seems to be pleading with his life, which would kind of like maybe get their guard down a bit. The whole plan is just exactly. skeevy and 
fantastic. Like he's manipulating everyone, and it's so gross, but it's so cool at the same time. Yeah, and then and then you get everyone. Everyone comes in, and Zachary right. just like the doors comes through a little crowd of people. He's like, "Well, <coughs> false alarm, yeah, oh, dude." I love Zachary coming in because the music switch that happens here, like it's really ominous and really nerve wracking. And then when Zachary kicks down the door and you start to realize this is all his fake, like the music starts switching to these strings going like dun, 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 dun. And it like just does that for the rest of the scene. It's so fucking good. And yeah, Zachary's like, ah, so you're all fucks, I see. Oh man. Yeah, there's this like little interaction between Pixies and Zachary. And it's like, oh, so does, their, does their reaction surprise you? And Zachary's just like, no, not one bit. Uh-huh. It's so fucking cocky, and I love it. And the nobles are like, "What Pixis? But I thought you said you weren't on Erwin's side." And Pixis has the best fucking line, where he's like, "Nah, you misunderstand. We're not aligned with Erwin, but we aren't aligned with you either." It's so fucking good. Yeah, and there's a like little thing he says where he's like. I was totally okay with letting Erwin go to his death uh-huh. if you guys were the best choice to rule humanity. But you have proven yeah. to me that you only care about yourselves. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of this episode, uh, you mentioned the line where they're like, Erwin, you misunderstand what this is. You're not like trying to prove to us that the scouts are good. We are just going to hang you for your treason, right? Yeah. And then Pixis has this like callback line to that now where he's like, Nah, you misunderstand what this is. This is a coup d'etat. Yeah. yeah. Like, every line he says is so fucking killer. Yeah, and then they they completely reverse, like, the whole case against Erwin onto the nobles of, like, now you guys all broke Charter 6 of the Humanities Code or whatever. Oh, man, my my favorite bit is when the dude turns back to the king and he, what does he say? Wake he's up, like, you oaf. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, what? Is it time for <laughs> breakfast? Food? <laughs> My 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 note here is that the fake king equals Iron Man three Mandarin. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Casey, I can't believe you made that reference, and it's so true. It is really perfect because they do build them they, up. They, like they that. literally, he, the dude walks over to him and he's just like, "What is it? Dinner time?" And he's just like, "So <laughs> he's like, I'm senile, pretty much." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this is just great, right? Like, this is the first time in the whole show that we've just seen like a plan come together perfectly. <laughs> like, it's just so satisfying. It feels like such a relief. We get we cut to this scene that I absolutely love of like. Flagel and the reporters together, right? Yeah. Flagel's working with the young reporter to print all of the story, like to get all the corruption out. And the old man is still kind of like, no, we have to do what we're <laughs> supposed to do. And they're like, no, just we tell him. the people, we print the story. Yeah, he's basically, he's like, he's like, if Titans attack, the nobility doesn't give a fuck about us. We're all dead. And everything you're trying to protect us is meaningless. <laughs> yeah, everything moves so fucking fast at this point. Like, basically, this whole mini revolution happens yeah. in the span of like 10 minutes of the show and Erwin um, does deliver on his promise to pixies a bloodless revolution yeah so then we cut back to we see who the people coming up to see the survey court or the Levi squad is and it's Hanji and Moblet they deliver a letter that's basically like yeah we overthrew the government isn't that cool <laughs> you're free. we're all good now and the Levi squad has like a cute little celebration they get yeah. like the classic mid-air 90s freeze frame <laughs> yeah yeah. I have to point out though, 
how fucking funny it is that the survey that sorry the Levi Squad did absolutely fucking nothing in the first six episodes of this show. <laughs> like we have constantly been cutting back to them, seeming like they have been uh, like accomplishing shit. But they have accomplished nothing. They didn't find Aaron in Historia, right? They didn't do anything to help the overthrow of the government. They were kind of just dicking around in the woods for five episodes. <laughs> yeah, even the one time they did have a chance of action, they end up losing Aaron and Historia anyways. Uh-huh. And then we get to my favorite bit of this episode. What is that? Which is the, the, the uh, Aaron and Zachary in oh, the it's cart. so good. Dude. Uh, yeah, we're kind of peeling back early. Erwin a little bit in this scene with Zachary. Yeah, he's like, you, you, you are, you are technically putting yourself above humanity, right? By starting a revolution just so you don't die. So, uh, what does that make you? And he's like, maybe I am selfish, but I'm also curious to see what happens. Like, I want to know. I want answers. Yeah, it's just fascinating because we just had this whole epic thing where we're like, hell yeah, Erwin's like saving humanity, exactly, and then. Him and Zachary are like, nah, we both know what's up. You just wanted to live to see the answers. These first few seasons, we've really built up Erwin as like the bastion of humanity. Like he does what he does for the Survey Corps for humanity. Mm -hmm. And Zachary is like being like, no, I see through that facade. You're just like me. You prioritize yourself over humanity. And Erwin's like, yeah, I do. I want to see that if my dad was right. (laughs) I love Erwin's little speech of like, maybe we should have let them stay in power. They knew more than us and they have kept us alive up till this point. So did I just absolutely fuck us all by thinking that I could be the one to solve all this shit, basically? I, I also just like how Zachary's just like, he you, he starts off serious and then he just starts chuckling. He's like, I just, I hate those guys. I know. Like, <laughs> those stupid Which asses. is like, he says, <laughs> it like, much like the king, Zachary has been built up. Like, he's the head of the military. He's commander in chief. Uh-huh. Like, he's this big, serious dude. And now we see his true core personality where he's like, I fucking have been waiting my whole life to do something like this. Erwin, <laughs> yeah. if you didn't do it, I was going to do it for, <laughs> at some point. And that's not for any purpose. Just for fun. I just wanted to throw <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he points out that he like specifically like hates them because they're so like materialistic and obsessed with like power and greed and all this stuff. So like it is still coming from like a kind of like a genuine place of being a good person, but he's still just like, yeah, but I just wanted to fucking do it for me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then we cut to, so Hanji and Mobler are with the Levi squad. They have all this information on Rod Rice now because they got this book, right? about yeah. the rice family and we, and we get the bit about the fire and like yeah we get this is so suspicious <laughs> right so that's the big thing the fact that when the walls fell the entire rice family went to their chapel to pray and according to this book it was attacked by bandits um the entire family was killed except for rod and rod escaped but his temple was destroyed but she points out that like this temple was made of stone if bandits were to have destroyed it the way it was destroyed it would have taken them for fucking ever they would have needed siege weapons in their pockets basically yeah yeah like a a fire wouldn't have done all this and so there's also no sign of titan so what the fuck happened yeah so she's like the only possible thing I could think of is a Titan attack. Like that's the only thing that makes sense. We also get like a smaller bit of information, which is just that like, according to these books, which again, we know are maybe telling us lies, but they say that like Rod Rice owned all this land and to like the people of this land, he was good. Like everyone, he was very well liked. 
Um, and especially his like daughters and his sons were very well liked. Yes, in the specific, community. specifically his eldest daughter Frida. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got I got some I got some shit about him coming next episode. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, okay. And this episode ends with. Well, we get like a brief shot of Aaron in a kinky ice cave. Yeah. Just like tied up, gagged. <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck? What? Or does he does he say what day it is in that or what day it like, is? He can't no, like, tell he talks what about time how it's day so is. bright. Oh, that's in the next yeah, episode. He can't tell what yeah. time it is. Well, Hanji oh. ends with being like, Oh, there's something she Rod Rice was like looking for his story right after his family was killed. There's something right. about their blood, but we can't worry about that right now. We'll have to that's another question for another day. And then she brings up the conversation between Barrett Holt and Ymir that Aaron wrote down for her. And she's like, it seems that you Titan powers, you're just like a container for Titan powers. And someone who is a Titan and eats that person then gains those powers. And Armin in his head is like, well, who the fuck did Aaron eat then? When was he a Titan? Right. (laughs) Which is something I up until this point, I have not considered. Dude. Oh, man. The whole the lore dump for sin is by far one of my favorite reveals yeah so let's like get the into the amount sin. of stuff you get to see let's get into sin let's do it okay. let's sin cave let's time it. let's save time first no aaron is shredded yeah he is. that dude is yeah. he's got a lot of abs <laughs> there's a lot of shots of his abs in this episode he's got abs he's got fucking like the side muscles shit he's got everything he's got that v but instantly we get this inner monologue from aaron where he is starting to act like a normal fucking human being and he's just like kind of calmly taking in all the information around him like he says like the crystals in this cave seem familiar which the design of this crystal cave is so fucking cool it's just like these pillars of blue glowing crystal it literally like it looks like it's it looks like it's handcrafted but also not at the same time yeah and and him and him saying it's familiar is also tying into what happens when uh krista and and um, Rod touch it. Right. It's so fucking funny because he's having this inner monologue where he's like, the crystals, they seem so familiar. And then Rod Rice shows up and he's like, hey, do the crystals seem familiar? Casey, Case, <laughs> we're on season three, episode six. Her name is Historia. Oh, shit. Historia. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Historia and Rod Rice show up in this cave with Aaron and they're like, hey, so you want to know what's going on? Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Historia looks like a tiny She looks so baby. small in this shot. She looks like she's like two feet tall. <laughs> It just makes me laugh. Mom said it's my turn on the Xbox. <laughs> yeah. So his historian and Rod Rice like walk up to Aaron and they're like, well, I like I, I kind of know how we could get him to like remember the shit that happened, like the terrible, terrible shit that happened here. And they a touch couple his back. years ago. They touch his back. And when they touch his back, um, fucking lightning shoots from their hands. Yeah. Like the Emperor I, from Return of the Jedi. He has these flashbacks. And I like the way we go through these flashbacks because we are just seeing these flashes. And Aaron's monologue is like barely able to keep up with what he's seeing. Yeah. Which I think is a really fun way of doing that. Basically, what we see is Aaron ate his dad, which means his dad was a Titan, which means yep. like, how the fuck did Aaron's dad. Get the powers of a Titan. Because it's they it's this fucking glorious thing that Attack on Titan does. Where's right, Grisha? Where it gives us an answer. Where's Grisha, Brian? Time, <laughs> What's up? Where's Grisha? Where's Grisha? <laughs> I have to say this point. No. They give so. you an answer, but give you an equal question, right? Because we immediately oh, get yeah. the answer to where did Aaron get his Titan powers from? <laughs> but like it just shifts the question onto Grisha immediately. So where's Grisha, Brian? Um, I'd also, I, don't know. I got a note. I got a note. 
Aaron's Pure Titan is fucking it's so ugly. ugly. <laughs> it's so gross looking. It's so fucking funny, dude. It looks like a, an emaciated, gross little kid. <laughs> it looks like a... Yeah, exactly. It looks like a kid, a goblin child. It kind of looks like the Big Shots like Titan. a thousand years old. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, I also <laughs> wrote I, that Aaron's Titan is ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so gross looking. I thought Gosh. he was sexy. We come out of this flashback... To this very cryptic line from Rod Rice, and he's like, so did you see it? Did you see your father's sin? Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to... And then it cuts to Historia's flashback. And I, I really like this reveal where she's like, how... You you also get the reason she took the other name, Krista. Like, you, you, you understand Right, it's why. from this book, which we also see this page of, with imagery that we remember from the season two, like, uh, ending, like the outro... This image uh-huh. of like this beast being given an apple by this small girl. Yeah. And she says that, or uh, Fr- Frida says that it's Krista. And she's like, I want to be like her. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. It cuts back out. And she's like, how did I, how could I have forgotten this? You know? And then Rod's like, oh yeah. Was it, did she have dark hair? That was my daughter. Yeah. She's like, she, she made you forget. Like she, well, she yeah, stole your memory. And then we learned that they could take memories away. Yeah. Cause we saw it. We see in the flashback is it's the stepsister, right? Half yeah. sister. Um, like we see her. What touch are you doing, stepsister? <laughs> Stop. Are you gonna erase my mind after this? And then immediately after, like she's walking away, and Chris is like, "Who is that girl?" Wait, I can't forget. Right. I can't forget. Um, in the flashback when Grisha fights Frida, Frida has slight jiggle physics. Oh my fucking We God. haven't gotten to that yet. Oh, we haven't gotten. But that I <laughs> no, also wrote right that down, this. Ben. I also 100% wrote that down. I noticed. I literally wrote Frida got jiggle physics. <laughs> Anyways, um this is also this is a great flashback cuz it kind of crosses a T that we didn't know needed to be crossed, which is like why is Historia so well adjusted when she had such a fucked up yeah. childhood? And it's because of these visits from Frida that she just doesn't remember. And also, at the same time, we're absolutely getting confirmation of Erwin's theory, pretty much, of, like, they can wipe people's minds. And now we're being told, yes, they can wipe people's minds. Yeah, there, there's so much we learn just, like, about w- what's been happening to the people of this world, but no reasons as to why. Mm-hmm. And so, Rod Rice basically explains, like, yo, Grisha turned into a titan and killed my entire family in order to get like our our titan power and yeah this is when we find out that frida has jiggle physics the most important part of the entire episode we see this scene inside of the ice caves where grisha shows up turns into a titan frida also turns into a titan that looks very similar to aaron's titan and they duke it out grisha wins and is able to like eat frida and like I guess take her powers. Yeah, they kind of. He says, uh, Rod Rice says that Frida possesses the most powerful Titan, but she didn't right. have the experience to use it. And we just get this fucking sick scene of Rod Rice being like, but that wasn't enough. He like squashed my sons. He like stepped on my wife with our, with our like 10 month old baby. This in our whole arms, sequence, right? it's so brutal. Right? Because Grisha, yeah. possessor of the dad yeah. bod Titan. And I thought at <laughs> yeah. first, at you really first, did have a dad bod. <laughs> at first, when I saw here. it, when I saw Aaron's dad turn into a Titan, at like for just a second, I thought he was the Beast Titan. <laughs> there is like a weird similarity, but <laughs> like they both yeah. have a lot of hair. But obviously, Aaron's dad 
doesn't have they nearly as much hair. with body hair. Yeah. 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 But yeah, this is like making us question everything we know about Grisha because we don't know much, but all we have assumed is like he's a nice dad. And now we're being told he slaughtered this family in cold blood. <laughs> because we only saw him in like the first two episodes of the entire show and we haven't mm-hmm. seen him since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is where my note comes in, though. Because the way Rod Rice is portrayed, it really just makes me think he's a fucking coward. I, it's he just looks like a he's just a piece of shit. I, I just I like, hate him. I hate him so much. I feel like we don't have enough about Rod Rice at the current moment to talk about. He is my favorite villain of the whole show. I think, like, I find him extremely fascinating, and I feel like we're gonna talk about it more in the next episode. Oh, but yeah, there sure. is like this question of how legitimate like his kindness is because he seems very kind and like very gentle and seems like earnest, you know, and yeah. we're going to get into that a lot more in the next couple episodes. But I know it's very I, I think he's fascinating when he tells this story. There's always been kind of this air of like insincerity with everything Rod Rice says. Like it's I'm always like very yeah. skeptical. I know when I first read this. And like when we got to this part where he's talking about, and I'm the only one that got away, it sounded, if we hadn't seen it specifically through Aaron's memory, I definitely would not have Mm -hmm. bought this story. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it just, it still just feels like weird. And then we have to talk about Kenny walking into the show going, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Yeah, oi, oi, oi. And he turns into Fat Albert. No, he says it exactly like Fat Albert. I noticed the (laughs) scene really. See, I'm, I forget you guys are watching the dub. Does he-, <laughs> he literally goes, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he basically just gives the funniest fucking recap of the past three episodes. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, like the, the Servant Corps came in and overthrew the whole government. It was a, what do they call it? A coup d'etat. <laughs> Yeah, that part's great. Uh, and it, he, like, ends the whole thing was, yep, it, it's been a royal shit show. They cut to him walking away, and then he has, like, this, like, look on his face. He makes, like, a, he, like, sucks his teeth as he's walking away. <laughs> okay. I don't know, it just teeth. seems like we, a, a bit of a... We do get a very interesting bit. Like, we get Rod Rice saying to Kenny, like, I trust you. Like, we get this sense that they have, like, this weird trust between them, and we have no idea why, because they're kind of like people from two extremely different sides of, like, society. Yeah, so next we get the whole reason why Casey wanted to come on this episode. So oh, I'll let you man, take this, I'm Casey. I'm so excited. <laughs> so after Kenny walks away, we cut to <laughs> Zachary uh talking to seemingly someone who is upside down no 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 okay okay what the actual fuck (laughs) (laughs) oh man did you not think it would go here brian what was this this saw shit (laughs) it's so this is a weird bdsm torture like (laughs) he's got him dressed up in a maid outfit (laughs) yeah but only from the knees down yeah okay what so uh i need i need clarification what is I need clarification. Is this clarified more in the manga what the hell he's strapped into and what he's actually going to have due to it? Like what he's doing to it? Is he eating his own shit? It's it's getting you pretty good details. He has a little tube hooked up to his dingle and then he's got a fucking funnel up his ass. Uh, Yeah, I know. So is he so he's putting food in him from the from the asshole. That's what is implied. It's this weird like human centipede bullshit. That happens in the entire time that I'm looking at it. I'm just I'm thinking to myself like 
God, what sandwich am I going to eat later tonight? <laughs> it's like the type of weird we're definitely not prepared for in this show. Yeah, and, and Brian, just to give you some clarification, this isn't brought up. No, ever? <laughs> ever. Definitely not. It's not brought up again. No, <laughs> like, we are just meant to think that this is the life of Zachary now. <laughs> yeah, like it's... That's the where, where weirdest part is that you never get any clarification about why this is happening. I hate But this. we cut out to like Erwin and like all these soldiers getting ready to like leave Trost. Yeah. And they're just talking about it. They're like, right. why the hell is he doing this? <laughs> Pixis is like, well, we have information now, but I got to say, Zachary's motives are kind of gross. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, and then Erwin's like, like, you knew. And then Pixis is like, uh, just slip up at the tongue. Yeah. yeah. And oh, man. also fucking Pixis burns Erwin. Like he has this line, I'm willing to die to save humanity. Unlike you mm. <laughs> fucking roasted yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Pixis is basically like, yo, yeah, that shit's confirmed. Like they can wipe memories. <laughs> like we've, we got that information from the nobles and we have to move fast because if they use that power, everything we've done will have been for now. Yeah, that's right? exactly. Like, He's they like, just they're, reset everything. they're telling us this because they know that. They know that they're yeah, just going to exactly. wipe our memories. Also, did Pixis hear the song Imagine by John Lennon? He's like, I heard a song that people are going to one day stop fighting and it'll be peaceful. Imagine by John <laughs> Lennon? Yeah. Good pull. Good pull. Uh, we cut to the... So we cut to um, the Levi squad racing to this chapel. So I guess another thing we should point out is before they found out that after the chapel was burnt down, like Rod Rice immediately scrambled to build a new one over the same spot, which is why they kind of think there's something hidden under there. Yeah. So they are kind of like just hauling ass to get there. And they have this conversation where Levi is like, yo, I just learned that Kenny's last name is Ackerman. Mikasa, that is also your last name. You guys might be related. And he asks, well, he says like, you know, the Easterners, and the Ackermans were like chased out of these cities, right? Yeah, we we learn about the the persecution of both the Ackermans and uh, the the Easterner, uh, the Eastern the, clan. Yeah, the Orientals, mm -hmm. as they call them. Uh, ben, that is the worst thing that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> what? That is the absolute oh, worst Jesus thing Christ. I have ever seen ever. All right. I want oh, you to know no. that I'm looking at that. See, anymore. they don't actually show they don't show that in the show. <laughs> uh, I didn't even read the text. I'm just looking at move the on. image. <laughs> oh, it's God. a good meme. I can't look at that. Check out our only Titans to see what disgusting image Ben found. But yeah, Levi's like, Mikasa, have you ever had like a an awakening inside of you? Like where in a moment of need you had this power coursing through you and it like shows that same weird like little electrical spark right and yep. Levi's like Kenny had that happen to him I had that happen to me too like this has happened to all of us and he's like hey, I wonder <laughs> and then we get a Kenny flashback which is really fun I love the transition here of him like he's in the ice caves he looks down at his knife at his reflection and then he like flips the it's knife like to the other side younger. it's so cool and now he is like <laughs> covered in blood uh, in this room with this old man who we find out is his dad. And Fucking he's basically Kenny. like, Ayo, pops, tell your sweet little baby boy the secrets. That always says it. Do you think it's, it's his grandfather? Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we, we get the reveal that you, we've learned why they were persecuted 
like the the Ackermans. Yes, yes, which we is do. They weren't they weren't going along with the plans of the royal family? Right. So we and have also, to point out the Ackermans were like sort of like a royal guard to the royal family, right? Um, yeah. They were. They kind of even used slightly the same wording as Erwin. They're like we were their sword. Uh, and we also learned that they're immune to the power, right? Because he, yeah, because he, he says like. They're everyone. They can wipe people's memories except for certain bloodlines, ours included, or something like that. Right, ours and the Eastern crew, and yeah. we get the idea that that's kind of why they have all been hunted down and and killed because they did, like are unaffected by this memory Which wipe. The nobles are too. Um, the fuck when Zachary's torturing right. that one guy, he's like, "Where are the." superior noble bloodline yes 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 okay that makes sense and he also says that like royal bloodline passes down the power of the titan every generation i don't know what that means but i know it happens it gets passed down like fucking like a ancient relic hey you're a titan and it gives people some sort of incredible power yeah and that's kind of where this episode ends we like cut back out to like we see the levi squad showing up at the chapel and like preparing for war you know yeah we see that they have like these weird weapons with them and all this shit. We see like Kenny down there, like just like thinking about life. We see Kenny's squad just being like, I love how his like second in command is gives this whole speech of like the people that are coming through that door are just like the Titans. They're breaking down the walls. They're coming to kill us. And like, that's how we're going to justify what we're going to do next. We talk about like background characters looking like main characters in this show all the time. When you look at Kenny squad, they look like they have as much history and like rich background as our Levi squad right now. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like their designs, the way they are looking at each other. I like the hitman looking guy. With the <laughs> yeah, goggles. the bald dude with the glasses. Yeah. And yeah, we just get like this buildup of music, like this really fucking like cool, like guitars ramping up, like strings ramping up. I really like the up. music at this part. It's so cool. It was really, really cool. This well, is one of those to be continued where you're like, fuck, I need to watch the yeah. next one. Like, this is like the to be continued when uh, Aaron and Reiner fell off the wall in Warrior, where you're just like, I gotta know. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like the music builds up, everyone's just prepping for this huge fight. And then the last thing we see is like Kenny walking off with this smirk on his face and it cuts to to be continued. Brian, I am excited for you to watch these next few episodes. I'm excited to watch them because it's they definitely left us off on a on a high note here. Dude, I wish I wish I was on next week to talk about these next few because it's so good. Let's do some quick rankings. I, did, I, did, I also like the detail when Kenny's in his flashback with his grandpa and he's like, won't you tell your cute grandson and his grandpa's just <laughs> yeah. like. What are you talking about? <laughs> you just murdered a bunch of MPs, and I know it. Can I just say... What do you want to say? Yeah. Can I just say that literally every time... Th- the amount of times that I've searched Attack on Titan City map just for this ranking system is off the charts. <laughs> um, I can go pretty quickly because I feel very strongly about these episodes, and I'm going to go Rose, Sheena, Rose. Reply is one of those episodes that really fucking stands out to me. Again, I'm just so impressed when a show can just have a bunch of old people sitting in a room talking and somehow it's like you're watching the most engaging action sequence of all time. I think it's just a beautifully directed episode. I think the voice acting from all of our main characters like Zachary, uh, Pixis, Erwin, Nile is all just absolutely incredible. The music is incredible. Like, yeah, Reply is one of those standout episodes for me. Very good. Um, I'd probably Very go good. with uh, Trust, Rose, Rose. I also think this is a really good batch of episodes. Honestly, we're getting to the point that I don't 
even care to rate the episodes. They just get so good that it's like it's hard to rate <laughs> yeah. them. Um, yeah. But yeah, like just killer action, really good dialogue, nailing on the head comedic moments even. Good good batch of episodes. Trust is three, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So why do you I have mean, to I'd question go- it? It's very... Uh, intuitive oh if these episodes were a titan how many walls would they break through that's how it works hi guys welcome to tea time with titans <laughs> i'd go with ben in saying in saying trust is a trust uh and then reply and sin i both have zashina just because i love the amount of information you get god sin. sin is a dump it's like a dump of information so yeah, season, they drive a dump like, truck up to your house and dump it in your backyard <laughs> so yeah. so so the way it's kind of like so season one sets up like all the mysteries or all the mysteries of this show and you're like wow this is really interesting let's start getting answers in season two and then isayama's like you want answers and then it's it, it's questions. like season one is a big jigsaw puzzle and then he's like yeah, he just dumps three more jigsaw puzzles on the table in season two, and he's like, "Fuck you!" And then season three is like, "Okay, here's how you actually start putting them together." Yeah, oh, so yeah it's like I'd like to add. It's like he gives you the jigsaw puzzles without like giving you the box to show you what the images are supposed to be. In season three is when he's like, "All right, here's the pictures," but you still got to put it together. Uh, Brian, what's your ratings? Um. I st- I'm not entirely sure what my ratings are. I think I want to give them all three of them a rose. Fair honestly, enough. I thought I thought the dialogue was really well written across all three of these episodes. Yeah, like Ben said, we're really getting into territory where it's just like banger after banger after banger. Yeah, um, yeah. the 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 entire ramp up in season three is probably my my favorite bit of the show. Like. Just where we get everything, where we start to really learn, you know? Yeah, and shit moves in that last episode, too. Like like I said, we go from, like, everything being terrible, everyone's on the run, Aaron's about to get hanged, to everything's okay again. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> yeah. it's so quick. Um, Tilfs, I mean, jiggle physics. Gotta give it to Frida, right? Grisha. Aaron's first Titan. <laughs> Grisha. Yeah, I'd say yeah, Grisha is definitely a Tilf. Ti- his Titan's Grisha so Tilf. fucking, like, wide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like he's a big like boy. Like Aaron and him allegedly have the same Titan now that we know that, and it's like, why? Do, why do they look so different? Yeah. yeah. Also, gotta say, uh, I'm gonna say for the anti Tilf is definitely Aaron's pure Titan. Okay. No, that yeah. one's fuck that. That one's the Tilf, dude. <laughs> Brian, you can't say that. He's like ten. I don't give a fuck. That's an eleven. Okay, girl. moving on. What the hell does Brian think? Um, the biggest question I have coming out of this episode: Theory time with Titans. Who the fuck did Grisha eat? Because like we think we're gonna be like, oh, who the fuck did Aaron eat? But no, they just gets pushed onto Grisha, and it's like we know so little about this dude's past, right? Like, yeah. Also, just why all the why of of like his motives? Like, what what is going on? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Also, what are they gonna do? To, what is what's happening to Aaron? Why is he locked up? Aaron goes to horny jail. Hold on, give him some time. Hold on. It's okay. Because it's like it's like the one one thing that I wanted to know more about is is the whole like because they they really briefly brush over it the whole like Aaron eating his own fucking father. <laughs> yeah. I really want them to like you know dive deeper into it unless he didn't actually eat his own dad and he just thinks he did. So you think this is a false memory? I th- I think so because they brush over it too quickly. Mm. Yeah, they're kind of just like, uh, so Aaron, here are all the answers. I'll see you at your own dad. I really don't think that Aaron 
actually ate his own father. I mean, I, I think, yeah, because like I think it's fair because we've been seeing the show's been showing us a lot of images that necessarily aren't true. Like example, yeah. when um the garrison woman comes and says the walls are breached, it shows this picture of like the armored titan mm-hmm. and the colossal titan like breaking the wall, but we know that didn't actually happen. Right, and like also Rod Rice, like like I said, he's an he's a character that we're not quite sure of what his intentions are. Also, we just learned that he can fuck with people's memories, right? So, like, him touching right. Aaron and being like, here's what you remember doesn't mean shit. So, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's a it's an actual memory. Maybe, like, maybe these people can implant false memories into people's heads somehow. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, and then, in terms of who Grisha ate to become a Titan, I don't think he ate anybody. Okay. Because we see, didn't we Did see you- him stick Aaron with like that needle and then he gained the ability to become a titan right mm-hmm. which allegedly when we see it from Grisha's perspective he sticks Aaron with the needle Aaron starts glowing becomes a titan yeah. and that's when he so I don't Grisha. I don't think he ate anybody I think he came up with some sort of titan formula I don't even know what to cut co- yeah formula uh. something like that I think he came up with something to be able to turn into a titan without having to at eat this point I, I i am definitely on a very similar page as that because the only real rule we know about how people get these powers is that you have to eat someone and it's like normally when there's a big <laughs> thing there isn't only one way for that thing to happen you know yeah and like we do know that grisha is like a doctor who fucks around with medicines and he has some kind of secret in his basement so like yeah, is that some sort of lab where he's been developing Titan technology? Yeah, the Beast Titan, dude. This is where my theory comes in. Right, <laughs> his Frankenstein. <laughs> and yeah. So, so yeah. I take it your your theory about the basement's still the same then, that Grisha's waiting for Aaron in I the think basement. so. I think he's so. He's just sitting there. Honestly. Uh, okay. He's got like this giant 100-foot like, like <laughs> bat cave fucking lab like station somewhere Grisha just dug the hole I dug under Casey's house in Minecraft (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess I guess the next thing but with less the only last thing to ask is we're kind of building up to a fight um, whereas we have the survey car right out specifically I guess the Levi squad outside the cave and you've got all the MPs inside the cave and then his allegedly Rod Rice somehow wants to take Aaron's power um so what do you think's gonna happen immediately in the like following episodes i think the survey corps is gonna get fucked honestly yeah, honestly fair <laughs> i think they're gonna get outnumbered fucked. they they're yeah. they're outnumbered and the the other dudes have the high ground and guns they also have and guns that too so yeah i, I really, really like the look fucked. of the of the gun odm gear yeah, it's just really so cool. cool. It's also just like an ingenious evolution, the, right? The anti-personnel gear. Yeah. Because like it would be so easy, easy for Isayama to be like, yeah, there's ODM gear, that's that, and then never think about it again. So just like being able to have that spark of being like, oh, but like how could we weaponize this? It's just clever. All right, Brian, you want to get the fuck out so we can talk spoilers? All righty, fine. Uh, bye, Brian. Bye-bye. Love you. Okay, if you have not watched past these episodes, you got to turn this shit off right now because we're getting spoilery. Please leave us a rating on iTunes. Check us out on social media at Tea Time with Titans on Instagram at Tea Time Titans on Twitter. Uh, if we did not mention something that you think we should have mentioned in these episodes, please let us know so we can talk about it because we definitely probably missed something important or cool. Now get out. We about to talk spoilers. Okay. All right. I got I got something. 
Yeah, this episode is like chocked full of kind of basic information, which I feel like makes it fun to talk about spoilers. I got I got something actually because of the way Brian brought up the way Grisha's Titan looked and that he was yeah. very wide and like the Beast Titan. And I never noticed that if I'm being completely honest. It seems pretty like indicative of that they're, you know, siblings. Yeah. Nope. I'm surprised that I never picked that up, but they do have a similar look to him. Well, father father and son, not siblings. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I just all keep saying siblings because Zeke looks so fucking old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, okay. A little, a little funny joke I made was Danny Trejo says that the people guarding the thing doesn't even know how to wipe their own asses. Maybe they should talk to the Beast Titan. <laughs> Okay. Oh Jesus. Ugh. Anyways, hey, that's 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 uh, we can't talk about that. Spoilers. Selden immediately discarded that role as soon as season four came out. Yeah, I did. Listen, oh, wait, it's so just impossible. So not, I'm too excited about okay, it. Okay, so we're talking about we can talk about season four here. We're talking about everything. Okay, all right. Watch cool, season I, four if you haven't yet. It's out. Go yeah, watch it. Good. Um, the one big thing I wanted to talk about is the Easterners, right? The Ackermans, because we know that they are unaffected by King Fritz's will or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We also know that they have powers. Oh. They have been persecuted in the walls and they have powers. Not the Easterners, Ackermans. The Ackermans. The Ackermans have powers, but the Easterners the- aren't affected by the will either, Because right? they're not Eldians. So this is this is a very important point that um, the Easterners are from the nation of Hizuru, which we're introduced to in season four. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Um, And yeah. it's kind of... It's never explicitly stated, but it's kind of implied the nobility are probably Marleyan families that just happened to get caught up in, like, the move to Paradise. Oh, okay. So, like, King Fritz takes all of the Eldians, the island, as many as he could, as we just found out in literally the most recent episode of Season 4, Willie says he took as many Eldians as he could to the island, and the noble mm-hmm. bloodlines are probably Marleyans that aren't affected by uh, the founding Titan's power. Got it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what I wanted to like connect this back to, right, is that the fact that the lady, the Azimbido lady from season four, how she was like very sympathetic to Udo, right? How she like saved him when he made that mistake. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just very interesting to me considering that the Easterners were like hunted down in the walls. It makes me wonder about the relationship outside of the walls. Yeah, it seems like, and then Kenny's grandpa or Kenny and Kenny's grandpa kind of get into this idea that there's the Ackermans, another bloodline that um, is not affected by the King's power. And the Ackermans actually used to, be the king's like sword like oh this is like yeah. the powerful clan and so when he's saying that it does he mean like before parodies it feels like he means before parodies well here's the because- thing kenny's grandpa doesn't know because he said his like his father or his grandfather or whatever died swearing right. to keep the ackerman secrets to his grave as long as he could die so that the rest of the ackermans could live in peace and so Got it. Kenny's grandpa was born after they moved to the walls, but he doesn't know like the story fully of like what happened before the walls. Okay. Huh. Yeah. That stuff was all just cool to me. <laughs> it's interesting that I'm like rewatching the show and getting kind of more clarity on shit that's happening in season four. That's fun. Mm-hmm. It's like goes back to how much this shit has been planned. Also, it's just it's I just find it crazy that there's so many layers to villains like there's so many different bad guys in this show compared yeah. to like good people and and the whole show just becomes like a big gray area mm-hmm. absolutely it's so good um the nobles also in these episodes are really mentioning over and over again the king's peace which is something we kind of have 
just recently gotten 100% clarification on in the most recent episode of season four. Yeah, and we're going to get yeah. to Yuri and his um, Kenny's flashback at the end of this season and see that for the first time. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only things I had written, like specifically written down. I do, I do want to say I do love Brian's theories. Like his theories are genuinely pretty close to what I was thinking at the time, which is that yeah. the basement was going to have, like Grisha somehow found a way to manufacture attack titans or like warrior titans. Like that's yeah, where my like mind was the, at the for a very long time. I, know, I was really surprised to hear him say that um, Grisha's not and i'm like huh maybe i'm just gullible because when i read this for the first time i'm like that makes sense so aaron ate grisha yeah, no, and grisha's dead yeah i didn't really i didn't really i didn't question think, that like, part i was like i'm pretty sure he's gone like i i didn't i didn't really think he, it was like a, a fake thing mm-hmm. also i don't think he was taking into account the change between aaron's rank pure titan and the attack yeah because they're it's very different yeah his pure titan looks like uh a kid that would be born in windsor <laughs> true got him <laughs> oh man like the creature getting like handed the apple by the girl right yeah something that i find interesting is that the creature isn't the same between this book and the outro like in the outro of season two it is like a more demonic figure with like horns and like a tail like it's devilly and uh-huh. in this iteration of it it looks more like i don't know like a classic like aesop's fable like witch sort of thing i was gonna say it looks it looks like a a big goblin yeah but it has like a babushka what i found weird too is that they didn't call her isn't the girl that's getting the the apple from thing supposed to be ymir Ymir, yeah but why did they call her krista yeah yeah, that's, so I wonder. That's what's this, weird to me. This book is from Rod Rice, who we know is like a descendant of King Fritz. So it's like, this is probably a more generous retelling of history from the Eldian perspective. But also King Fritz hated himself. So in the Eldians, I don't know. I'll have to think I, about that one more. I just can't wait till next week to watch more to see what the hell is going to happen. Same. It's like a really interesting detail that only manga readers will catch. So I won't say anything specific, but for the manga listeners out there, I will say you might want to go back and reread when Grisha and Frida fight at the beginning and specifically when he eats Frida. And that's all I'll say on that. Oh, shit. Ben is dropped. Ben's dropping little breadcrumbs. <laughs> oh, jeez. T-10 with Titan scavenger hunt. <laughs> uh, shall we end the episode? Yeah. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tea Time with Titans. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes. It helps us a butt ton. Follow us on Instagram at Tea Time with Titans. Follow us on Twitter at Tea Time Titans. And if you like this show and you are all caught up on the entire show, uh, listen to our watch through of season four. We're releasing episodes as they come out. Uh, and that is at Tea Time with Titans Extras on whatever podcast video you're listening to this on. Thank you to Chris Rowe for editing this podcast. And we will see you all next week. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs>